let me say something, y'all. And this is whether you like Donald Trump or not. That boy put on a speech last night. Okay, so I'm sorry. You know, whether even, even yeah, I think even Satan bowed down last night. He said, okay, wait a minute. I think I'm going to have to go ahead and give him the, you know. But um, <laughs> Tony whispered in my ear, masterpiece. Okay. But, but let me say something. And this is not me picking on the Democrats because roles flipped and Republicans do the exact same thing to a certain degree. You know, but it, it's really, really sad when, uh, let me tell you the level of divisiveness, level of divisiveness that is there when whether you like him or not, he says something that is righteous and you refuse to clap or support. You know, that right there is the evil that we're talking about. You're not there for the people. You're there for your agenda. You know, when we're talking about people that have been rescued and, and you know, like uh, when they talked about the new prison reform bill that they have done and they showed the two individuals that had been freed, testimonies with those are great. And just, and they just see those individuals sitting there, you know, um, and, and, you know, in all the white and they're just kind of looking at each other to see should we stand, should we not stand. Now, that's just wicked, you know. And, you know, let me tell you something. A Jehovah Witness came to my door one time and we were going back and forth. And they would say, no, that is incorrect. That's that way because of such, 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 such. And so I thought about it. I said, let me go research this. I researched it, and they were co absolutely correct. I was the one that was wrong. So I had to bow down and say, okay, you're right. And so, uh, you know, people say you can't argue religion and politics. That's not true. The same people that can't argue religion and politics are the same individuals that can't argue sports and fried chicken because they don't know how to be respectful. It's not an issue what you can't argue, it's an issue of religion and politics bring out the worst or best in individuals. It'll show just how respectful you are or the lack of respect you have. Okay, so, but anyway, I just thought, you know, it was interesting, you know. So again, you know, whether you like them or not, everybody got issues, but again, strong stand on, on abortion. Strong stands. And that's a big issue. That's probably the most, y'all, it's, y'all, let me ask you something. You got to really ask yourself a question. Is that what is behind a group of people that are going to fight you tooth and nail to kill folk? What is behind that? That ain't got nothing to do with Democrats. That has nothing to do with women. This is something wicked behind the scene that for some reason, which I don't have time to teach on, is trying to kill off as many children as possible. And, and, and what is beyond me is for a, let me tell you something, y'all. There are some things, I don't need Jesus for this. I don't need a Bible. Y'all know what I'm saying. I got to clarify this, right? Common sense tells you without reading the scripture, common sense without you being a Christian to say there is something wrong when you let a real individual grow on the inside of you for nine months and then you make a decision that you change your mind and you're going to kill them. And there's nothing wrong with this. And you think there are no ramifications? Okay. So, I don't get it. So, whatever. Just keep on praying. But, you know, Jesus already said this stuff was going to happen at the end. You know, but I, you know what? I don't, I don't want that. Man, can you imagine having to stand before the Lord? See, let me say something. I'm always off with my messages, but it's good anyway. Let me say something. The, the individuals that take a stance for that, we're not talking about individuals who had an abortion and are sorry that they did it. We're talking about individuals that, you know, that, that run rapid and roughshod over everything to try to make that happen. And watch this. The moment that person dies, before they even see Jesus, they will know. The moment you die. You got to, let me tell you something. When we have to stand before the Lord, 
Y'all, there's a reason why. I mean, the people who have been caught up for the Lord, they said, you, it, they said it's, if, they, if the Lord appears to you in his kind of truer form, they said it is the most terrorizing thing because that light is so strong. It reveals every, every dot of anything that's not like him. And he said, the first thing you start doing is begging for forgiveness, begging for forgiveness, because it, that standing before the Lord, it reveals everything. At that moment, you are uh, you are um, conscious of every single thing that you have done from birth. And it all floods you at one moment. And you realize at that moment just how unworthy you were. And just how much he loves us to, to make us worthy. So we weren't worthy of nothing. The Bible says all of our righteousness is filthy rags. But, but, but once you accepted the Lord as your Savior, he then made you worthy. So once you accept Jesus, you can no longer say you are unworthy. That's a lie. Well, I made a mistake. Wonderful. Everybody makes a mistake. Righteous man falls seven times. Not a sinner man. Righteous man. I don't know why I'm fooling around there for a second. All right, put up these four books before I get in trouble tonight. I'm like, y'all stand, you stay in trouble every week. Um, Oh, I'm sorry, not the four books. These are four books. The, the people in, in audio land rebuked me and they said, hey, man, you can't be showing your congregation books and not telling us what the book is. So uh, this series will go on for quite a few weeks. These are books that I highly suggest that you get. Um, and it will help you with this subject matter. This is a very comprehensive, exhaustive series that the Lord is doing on purpose to connect people around the world. There is something very alarming going on. I used to say something when the church first started, and I stopped saying it. I started saying it again now because now the time has come. If a million people knew about this church, we'd have a serious problem on our hands. Serious. Well, well, that's actually starting to come to pass now. So the name of the books are The Supernatural Ways of Royalty by Bill Johnson and Chris Valentine. Um, personally, I think that's a book that every new Christian should probably read first. And, um, and it's funny because I don't like the title. I still don't like the title. Somebody handed me the book. Uh, Your greatest treasures are found in an area that you may think is ugly. Someone handed me the book. And I was like, what is this whole poverty mess right here? Because my wife would tell you I don't like no mess. I don't like no dry mess. I don't have a whole, I don't have this huge library of books. Because, you know, if I read stuff on level 10, I'm not going to tell you about stuff on level 7. And I've always wanted the 10 stuff. I don't need to bypass. I don't need to go to level. Give me the stuff, Lord. So, uh, so it's Chris Valentine, but I read, I, but I know me. So I read the book. I was blown away. I was like, oh, are you serious? I almost missed it again. So, uh, so uh, The Supernatural Rays of Royalty by Bill Johnson and Chris Valentine. The reason why that's important is because it's not just about hearing from God. A part of the problem is you have to, we'll talk about it a little bit this night, is, is you recognizing that you have a right to fellowship with God. You know, a lot of times we feel like we're unworthy um, or we did something wrong. I mean, th that book will show you that you are completely out of order if you think God made you a king and doesn't want to talk to you every day. And it shows you that you're making decisions. It's really it, it, it might actually be a tandem book with inner healing and deliverance. But the book just shows you that everything, pretty much everything that you're thinking and doing today is a result of what other folk have told you from the past. And, and, and when they told you there was no guard put up, so you let it go right inside your heart and it began to grow. And now it controls your emotions, controls your actions. It tr controls the way that you think. Excellent, excellent book. Okay? So that's The Supernatural Ways of Royalty by Chris Valentine. And then uh, In Pursuit of Vision by David Oyedipo. How many of you have started reading that one? How many know that's a killer? 
yeah, I've been I would have sent that one to my pastor friends. They'd be like, man, I don't know what have I been doing for all these years. Okay, so whether you're a pastor or not, excellent book, excellent book, In Pursuit of Vision, that show you the importance of seeking God about everything. Then, of course, we got the Divinity Code to Understanding Your Dreams and Visions by Adam Thompson and Adrian Beale. Um, best book. Um, I was uh, talking with someone this week, and they called me about a dream, and um, so. And what they did was they did what naturally most of us did. How many of you have a dream? Man, because you can't go to the church, can't even hardly go to the world, so you Google. What does this dream mean? How many know they had all type of stuff? It means that there's a blue cow getting ready to come from Pluto, you know, with a carrot in his mouth. You're like, what? You know, if you got a demon, sprinkle vegetables around the house. Well, I'm just saying vegetables. You know, I mean, it's more than one that they use. It's sage, it's garlic, it's all that. What's this? You know, watching too many vampire movies. You know, and so I gave the person the interpretation and it was just as clear to them because it was a biblical interpretation. And they told me, yeah, that mess I was looking up on Google, that was some heebie-jeebie foolishness. I mean, you know, man, that's like, where are y'all even coming up with this from? Did y'all interview some five-year-olds? <laughs> you know, but again, like I shared with this person, like you've heard me share before, okay? The, the, the word of God is written in God's style. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus, does do, I mean, Jesus does these parables. This is like this. This is like this. The kingdom of God is like that. So the word of God is written in a particular style where God speaks to you in dreams in that same style. And so that's why it, the Bible is always comparing stuff, stuff. And that's why, man, I had a dream last night. Don't try to give me interpretation. It could be a rebuke. But last night, matter of fact, Joe was in the dream with me. I don't even know where Joe is. Joe was in, I don't know why Joe was in the dream. I don't know what this means. May we get ready to do something together? I don't know. But in a dream, I was in a red Ferrari. But the kind like at the racetrack, like I, like, I can't even get it out. I'm trying to speak in tongues. I was in this red Ferrari. And all we was getting ready to set it off. We were in this big, big race. And then um, I had to wait because there were two things I did not have. I did not have the proper gloves and I didn't have the proper helmet. So I got to go kind of pray and see, look up what helmet means in Jesus. And this is good stuff. How do you know? Now, at least it's good. It's like you got the vehicle. See, that might be the Lord telling me something, you know, and, it, and, I, and I haven't really prayed about it and stuff like that. But it, you know what the warning could be? The warning could be because in a, in a, in a dream, um, your vehicle represents your ministry. And the type. So the Lord can be, you know, how many know a Ferrari is, is not a station wagon? Okay, that's, you, you see one of them. My wife will tell you, I act a fool when I see a station. I, I make everybody look, look at that! <laughs> and we're like, oh Lord. I do it with Devon and Randall in the car. They told me that we were on the way to Thursday. We were talking, I just pointed. They're like, man, you into them cars. Yeah, I just am. Okay, but, but so the Lord's showing you a Ferrari in a dream, and then you don't, he could be telling me, this thing is getting ready to take off. You need to get your head right. Okay, so, so we'll see what it means. You know, the rebukes are not because God can't stand you. The rebukes are to prepare you. Any rebuke that God gives you is, for, come on, son, come on. I mean, you know, we constantly need rebukes. We don't like them, but you, but you need them anyway. Last book is The Power of Humility by R.T. Kendall. If you haven't read that, that is a killer. That'll make you, that'll make you give your life to Jesus every single sentence you read. <laughs> yes, R.T. Kendall, so... So, yes, those are the four books, and I will constantly put those up so that newer people can always see. You know, we had an individual that is uh, 
very, very high in um, the media world. When I say high, extremely high. And they took a look at our website and they were completely blown away. They said, first of all, no churches do this. They said, and they said, what y'all are doing, they said, hardly any companies in the world do this. And that's one of the things that they take notice of. They said, one of the things that we notice is y'all got content for days, content, content. And they said, it's the type of content that people are not getting, but that they want. And so they were just, they were just telling us that y'all, y'all, so some, some other stuff that they're training us on. So I hope y'all ready. It's going to be exciting. You're going to be prepared to be on the news. All type of people going to be, but we'll see. So, all right, let's go ahead and jump into this. And uh, let me read this passage of scripture before we kind of go over. Let me say this again. This, this series is going to be done in intimate detail. I'm going to take my time because throughout the series, the Lord wants to answer certain questions that are on the hearts and minds of people. You will be surprised how many people don't believe that God will speak to them. They believe God speaks to preachers. They believe God speaks to their grandmother who has coffee with Jesus every single morning. But they don't believe God will speak to them. Um, we, have, we live in a society that rates you according to your race, your gender, your social economic status, the neighborhood you live in, whether you're Republican or Democrat, whether you're east side or west side, whether you're blue collar or white collar, the list goes on and on and on, whether you're Apple or Samsung, whether you're Burger King or McDonald's. Y'all know what I'm saying. Uh, you'd be surprised. I mean, I, I mean, how many times do we go out? Because my wife and I, 99% of the time, we drink water at home. So, but when we go out to eat, we may then treat ourselves to a cola or a soda. Man, I didn't realize it was that deep, you know, and, and, and you go in a place and ask for a Pepsi, you might get shot. <laughs> Any ever experienced that? You ask for a Pepsi? <sighs> this is Coca-Cola land. How many of y'all know that? <laughs> this is, uh, I didn't, when we moved on, I didn't know. I was like, this is, see, you just separated over some soda. Both of them killing you, fool, but we still separated over it. <sighs> Okay, so, you know, as a result of being in that in constant environment, you will then second guess your ability to hear from God. You know, one of the things that the people said in heaven, they said, they said in heaven, they said, Jesus sees you. They said you are that you can be in a crowd of people, but Jesus is looking at you and he looks at you and talks to you as though you're the only ever, you're the only person that, that lives in heaven. And then the Lord wants us to experience that now. So we're going to do this simple lesson, get you up out of here. 1 Samuel 3, 2 through 14. One night Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not gone out yet. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son. Go back to bed. Samuel, this is very important. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli, Eli was his mentor, by the way. Eli realized that it was the Lord who was calling the boy. Okay. So he said to Samuel, this is why it's important. Let me add a note here. This is why important parents for you to have a connection with God. And, and in particular, because the connection that you have with God, 
the Lord, how he speaks to you is probably going to be different than how he speaks to your kids. And if you don't have a working knowledge of all of the ways in which God speaks, your child will come to you with something. You'll blame it on the devil. And now you just open up your child to torment. You just produce confusion. So it's very, very important. Listen to your kids. If your kid said that, that there was a superhero lurched up in the corner, you better listen to that. I understand that children have imaginations. I understand that. But you got to listen to these kids when they tell you stuff. And unfortunately now, you know, kids hold things because they have an outlet through the phone, through the video game. But you need to start talking to your kids and find out what's going on. You know, every time we talk to, talk to our kids or they come and talk to us, you know, I mean, we're like, what? You know what I'm saying? I mean, these kids, they, they're holding some stuff. You know, these kids are dealing with some stuff. And a lot of times, you know, if you're very dismissive, that's very, very, that's very, very uh, terrible thing. Let your, child, well, let your children come to you and say something crazy. Okay? And when they say something crazy, don't react in a negative way. You may want to, but if they come to you, that's the time not to react. Because you are going to tell them whether or not they should come to you in the future. If you act crazy, if they come to you, um, I just signed a contract with Godzilla, you know, to go on the Internet. And, you know, I mean, the kids be coming up with all type of crazy stuff. And, and, and you'll be like, what in the world is this kid thinking about? How many know you did the same thing, though? So, under the grace of God, you're not dead. Okay, so, so, yeah, so be careful with that. So this man perceived his mentor and realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again, instructions. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord. Your servant listens. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and called as before. Samuel, Samuel. Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I'm going to carry out all my threats against Eli, your mentor, and his family from beginning to end. I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. So I have vowed that the sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven by sacrifices or offerings. It's deep. The boy couldn't hear from God. Then the guy that knew how to hear from God, taught him how to hear from God. And when he heard from God, the first thing God tells him is the demise of his mentor. Okay. And let me give you something. I was going to share this a little bit later, but I'm going to share this now. This is very, very important. So important, I may have to share it twice. One of the things about the Holy Spirit is that he is not a respecter of persons. So as a result of that, he will protect us from one another. Okay. Let me give you an example of that. Years ago, you know, different things that I've tried out financially. Years ago, there was someone that I was trying to pull into something, you know, that I thought was a good idea. So I explained it to her. I said, hey, this is the investment. We can do this, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So everything was fine. She was ready to jump on board. And then all of a sudden she did this. Mm, 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 mm. Nope, nope, mm, mm, nope, mm, mm. I can't do that. Mm, mm, nope. And and now now when she did this, I became I didn't express it, but I came kind of offended on the inside because, it, you know, she was treating me like I was some type of criminal. 
Um, and so, and, and because I knew who I was, I was a person of integrity. I was like, don't be doing that to me. Like I'm somebody trying to get you into something shady. You know what I mean? It wasn't until years later when I was ready to hear that the Lord told me, he said, I was protecting her from your terrible decision. You were a person of character and you were a person of holiness and you were a person of integrity. But that particular decision that you were making was going to cause her to lose her money. So I protected her against your bad decision. Y'all see that? So as a result of that, I hate to say this, when your brothers and sisters come to you with a wonderful, glorious idea that God said that they said God told me it might not be the Lord. You have to pray what well, the Lord told us to go into business together. OK, well, just because the Lord told you that doesn't mean that, you know, it's, I, I recently had a situation. I know I kind of digress for a moment, but I have a better example. I recently had a situation where it was a business opportunity that was given to the church in regards to some services. And the individual said, you know, the Lord told me to start this business. Well, two things with that. Number one, just because the Lord told you to start that business does not mean that I am supposed to be someone who frequents that business. Otherwise, you would be the only business that the Lord told to start in the planet. The same way that, how many know, the Lord called Lionheart Church on the scene. But just because the Lord called Lionheart Church on the scene doesn't mean every single person in America is supposed to go to Lionheart Church. Otherwise, he wouldn't have told other pastors to open up churches. So the Lord opened up this church because there are a certain amount of people that are ordained to be here. The same way that if God calls you to open up a business, there are a certain amount of people that are ordained to be a partaker of your business. So that's the first thing is, number one, just because God told you something doesn't mean that I'm supposed to be a customer. Number two, just because you said God said doesn't mean that that's what God said. Lift your hands if you ever made a decision because you thought God said. I got to look at my imaginary congregation on the back of the wall this evening. You thought God said that and you acted on it. And then when you realize you're like, that was neither God nor the devil. That was some straight up foolishness that I came up with out of the archives and Rolodex of Otha Turnbull ideas. That's what that was. Then when it fails, we, be, we go back to God. I don't understand. He's like, oh, I understand. I understand completely. I didn't tell you to do that. There's no confusion up here. <laughs> so remember that, is that, that the Lord loves you enough to protect you from the bad decision of your brother and sister. So, 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 so somebody, you know, again, someone who comes to you just because they spirit-filled Christian, I don't care if they're a pastor or minister, it doesn't matter. Bible says acknowledge God in all your watch this it does not say acknowledge God in all your ways unless your pastor come up with the idea it doesn't say acknowledge God in all your ways unless your grandmother who has coffee with Jesus every single morning and she'd be on the bat she'd been on the battlefield a long time honey I've known Jesus for 50 years wonderful that you know him but this that you just came up with might be the devil Pray about everything. If you don't have peace, don't do it. And the hardest decisions to not do are the ones that are your friends and family members because they will take it personal. Better for them to take it personal versus you bankrupt. Standing on the corner. Have you seen my Uncle Lewis? He took all my money. I'm sorry. Hey. So, so the important thing about this story is that it's something that is very interesting, mysterious, and dangerous. And that is, if you can't hear, God will still be speaking. So, so, so this is the context of this entire series, 
and that God is speaking to us all. But because we have been untrained, the majority of the body of Christ is untrained about hearing their father's voice. We're trained to go to church. We're trained to serve, We're trained to give. We're trained to have church services. But the body of Christ has not been trained to hear the voice of God because it requires you to be taught and it requires intimate. He speaks on different frequencies. And so that is the, the, the uh, springboard that we're going with with this series is that we got to teach all of these different type of ways because, and let me read this scripture, Mark 16, 20. This is another thing that's going to happen. It says, the disciples went everywhere and preached and the Lord worked through them confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. Okay? So not only is God speaking to you and you can't hear, but as a result of what we teach, God will then begin to speak to you in order to confirm that what we're preaching is correct. That's why you preach the word. The Bible says the Lord God confirms the word with sides following. His word, not yours. He confirms the word, not your feelings. He confirms the word, not your fears. He confirms the word. If you're preaching the word and it is the truth, it will be confirmed with different type of signs that are mysterious. Again, if you didn't hear this, a couple of weeks ago, we preached on the number three. Okay. And at that particular service, when I preached it, it just so happened that there were three people in the audience that stood up and gave a testimony. There were three people in the audience that prophesied. And there were three people in the audience that had birthdays that we recognized. What is the Lord doing? He is confirming the word that we taught on the number three. Now, out of all of the days that that was brought out, it just happened to be that day. The Lord has never brought up to me who was doing what in the sanctuary. But later on, the Lord brought that to my attention. He does that with my wife greatly. Okay, so um, these are the different platforms by which God speaks again. Bible, the peace of God, which is spiritual impression, pastors and prophets, other people, the small, still voice, the audible voice. Angels, dreams and visions within, signs and wonders without. Dreams and visions are on the inside of you. Sometimes <laughs> all dreams are, but visions can be outside, especially if discerning of spirits is an operation, the ability to see in the spiritual realm. But dreams and visions within, signs and wonders without, and then something that we have been experiencing, which is this number system. By the way, people have been doing three-day fasts like crazy. Folk have been getting manifestation and answers they have never gotten before. Okay. Common ways that people hear and feel close to God. This is just the platform when we worship. Okay. Intellect. I don't I won't um, back up for a moment with the worship. Um, there will be a session that I will teach on how God rides on music. There are two instances minimum in scripture where the prophet could not hear from God. He said, go get someone to play an instrument. When he played the instrument, it says the spirit came upon him. Why? The instrument, the music pulled God out of heaven. Okay, and then you remember David said he played an instrument and it made a spirit leave. Musical instruments and what you play makes beings from the other side and in the invisible realm come and go. And so there are, th there, there are times when you can't hear from God and if you play the right music, you can hear from God just like that. Okay, that's why it's always dangerous. I'm always looking at Lisa sitting over there. Because I can always tell it. There's some chords that you can just, you can, oh God, you can feel it. There's some chords, if you play that particular chord, the anointing comes right up on my head. Just boom, like oil, I'm in the prophetic mode. And so, and, and, and so you know, Mozart and them and Zach and them, they get to the plan up here. And, and I see Lisa worshiping and I can feel it. 
she it drops upon her because that that music it's the mute watch this it's the music that God likes and if you play tones that God likes it pulls him into the atmosphere of where you're playing and he comes among people he got something I got to say there's music that God likes and there's music that Satan hates Satan loves religious music by the way uh -uh. worship another way is through the intellect people who love to study the Bible or people in particular the Holy Spirit told me who like science scientific people scientific minded people there are Christian scientists not the that the religion the scientists who are Christians let's reverse that and they love seeing how God is working through the science realm it's blowing their mind and when they study it it just reveals God they're like there's no way in the world that there's not a God it's impossible supernatural activity community nature service quietness those are common ways in which God people hear and feel and get close to God okay now, the thing I want to just mention here now is that uh, is I want to establish this just to show you a few scriptures that the Lord wants to tell you everything. That's very important for you to realize. God does not want to tell you a couple of things. He does not want to tell you a few things. God wants to tell you everything about everything. OK, Genesis 18, 17 through 18. Should I hide my plan from Abraham? The Lord asked. For Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. Just as a note, I forgot to tell you all that my sermon notes, um, you're welcome to still take uh, pictures, but my sermon notes will be uploaded to this message. OK, and so he said, well, I hide from Abraham that thing that I am going to do. Will I hide my plan? Well, how I many know it's not necessary for the God to reveal his plan to you unless he loves to share his plan with his children. Amos 3, 3 through 7. I love this passage. It's God, it, God gives you all of these little statements to show you absolutes so he can help you understand his absolute statement at the end. Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? No. Does a lion ever roar in a thicket without first finding a victim? No. Does a young lion growl in its den without first catching its prey? No. Does a bird ever get caught in a trap that has no bait? No. Does a trap spring shut when there's nothing to catch? No. When the ram horn blows a warning, shouldn't the people be alarmed? Yes. Does disaster come to a city unless the Lord has planned or allowed it? No. Indeed, in other words, in, indeed means, well, because of these absolute statements of yes and no, surely the sovereign Lord never does anything until he reveals his plans to his servants, the prophets. So he said just the same way you can say an absolute yes and no to the previous statements is the same way. Listen to what that said. God never does anything until he reveals it to one of his sons and daughters. Think about that. There's nothing that's ever going to happen on the planet and God has not revealed it to his sons and daughters, at least those that are listening. It would be revealed. You know what I'm blown away at? I'm, oh man, do I want to say that? <laughs> well, I mean, I've been, I've been really, no, I mean, I'm, I really got it now about me not saying negative things. But I'll put it this way. I have been blown away at the last seven years about what congregation members heard in the spirit that pastors don't because of, because if, if I as a leader am not connected to heaven God ain't gonna stop speaking to you and you connected to heaven you know what I'm saying because God is not a respecter of persons 
The Bible says we're supposed to teach the work of the ministry. So that has blown me away about how, and, and then especially individuals that are trying to hide their personal business. Um, that's a very scary thing. I have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. So when the leaders, now what people do is they second guess themselves. But when the leader starts doing something, well, first the Holy Spirit not, may not reveal that to the congregation because he'll give the leader a chance. But then if the leader doesn't have a chance, then he'll start revealing certain members uh, things to the members of the congregation that can be trusted because he knows that they will pray about it instead of gossip about it. Eventually left on track, let's move over to the gossipers because this needs to be made known now. Dead serious. It's a trip. I've seen pastors try to hide their foolishness and the whole church knew. Because once it gets over, every seed reproduces after its own kind. Once it gets over into the leader, you know, I'm saying some stuff. Once it gets over into the leader is doing something by which now it's reproducing in the other sons and daughters. Oh, no, we got to expose him. Pull the rug out. That's why God will never embarrass you unless that's the last ditch effort. There was a woman in Revelation, Jezebel teaching the people to commit stuff to idols, teaching the people to do all type of freaky deaky sex. And the Lord said, that's my rendition, by the way, that was King James. He said to add to it to my wife over here laughing at me. Okay. And so, but he said, but we gave her time to repent. I want you to think about that. So it means the leader is off. That means the people are being neglected while you give that leader time to repent. That's a scary thing. Okay. How, how about, how about as a leader, I just stay on track so the Lord don't have to give me time. And put a special blanket on y'all so I'm not corrupting y'all. Lord had to really deliver me from that, y'all. He really had to deliver from me. And if you knew what I did today, you would know that I was delivered from it. <laughs> Trust me. <sighs> okay. So he said he never does anything until he reveals it first. I, know there's a, I don't know why I've been mentioning him lately. There's a man by the name of Minister X. That's his minister's name. I don't know what his real name is. I think it's Craig, Craig Lewis. And, uh, and the Lord revealed to him years ago, um, before rock and roll got really crazy, the Lord told him, he said, rock and roll is getting ready to take this turn, and this is what the kids are going to start doing. And so he said he watched it unfold before his very eyes. He said, but then this happened. He said, the Lord told him, he said, now, he said, you're getting ready to see something that's going to come on the scene that's going to destroy all the races. He said, it'll be called rap music. He said, the Lord told him, he said, that thing will be straight from hell. And it is going to corrupt everyone. And he said it will be a force that you've never seen before. He wasn't just talking about just rap music. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with rapping. All you're doing is just being poetic. He was talking the about the force that was going to come and change an entire culture. And if you go over to Korea, you can go over to China. You see people doing all of the same thing, dressing the same. Man, when I went over to Korea, to Yonggi Cho's church, we got off the airplane. We sitting at the light. And it's this Korean dude with a big gold chain on like he was running DMC, leaning out the car with a hat on sideways, listening to Luke Skywalker. <laughs> Looking at me like I was crazy. Anyway, Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you. I didn't say you had to stop listening to, never mind. I shouldn't have said that either. Y'all, let me tell you something. I got to be very serious with that. Yeah, I'm almost done because it was a more simple one. I think I'm, yeah. Y'all, music is very dangerous. It's very dangerous. It's very dangerous. Um, and uh, unfortunately, a lot of the worldly music puts you under 
spirit, a type of spiritual slavery from hell. And a lot of the church music puts you under a religious type of slavery. Both of them are still slavery. And, and, and you have to be, it's, it's very, 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 very little teaching out here on the power of music. That is the one thing people say in heaven that never stops is music. I'm, I personally, I need to do a little Bible study because it probably says more than I think. But I'm surprised the scriptures don't say, yes, it does. Never mind. The Holy Spirit just smacked me right across my lips. Never mind. Let's just keep on going. It's amazing. You can be, it's amazing to preach and you're going down the line and just, just, just like that. No, it's because you ain't read the Bible, not because we ain't said nothing. So I'll come back and teach that after I read the Bible, y'all. Okay. I'm sorry. He's having these. My favorite one is y'all, y'all seen it when I'm doing this prayer and the Lord just interrupted me in the middle of the prayer. Apparently it wasn't impressing him. Go. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and to give you a hope. Okay? John 16, 23 through 24. At that time, you won't need to ask me for anything. I'll tell you the truth. You'll ask the Father directly and he'll give you a request because you use my name. You haven't done this before, disciples. Ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. Now that's including talking about things, but let alone questions that you have from God. Lord, this is the direction that I need to go. How do I go? I told somebody here recently in the last couple of days, can't remember who it was. Oh, I know who it was. It was a pastor. So the Lord gave them, told them exactly what was to be done. What was to be done and what he did was and soon as the Lord showed him what should be done, he then started using his intellect to carry it out. I said, no, the same individual that showed you what should be done. OK, see, watch this. The first level of you go from confusion to confusion. The first level of confusion is, Lord, what do we do? So now when he shows you what you should do, now you at the next level of confusion. How do we do it? Okay, then he shows you how do you do it? Now you're at the next level of confusion. When do we, see, see, in the mold, in the mold, see, that's what I'm talking about. When do I do it? But we're taught to, we, but, but, and, and it's just natural to do this. The Lord shows you the vision. Oh, there it is. Ooh, we. And you assume that God told you you're supposed to do this now, but what he shows you, you might not be supposed to do it for 10 years. Because God reveals things to you to keep you in the right direction. You have to check in with God constantly because he might show you the building and then you hire the wrong contractor to build the building at the wrong time and at the wrong location, which will then bring confusion because after the building is built, then no customers come. And now you're confused. Now the devil comes in and says it's because you don't have the ability to hear from God when actually it was just simple. You move too fast. My wife will tell you, I thought I was ready to pastor in 1998. 1998. Sitting up here driving myself crazy. I know I'm called. Supposed to be, I really believe the Lord, Lord wasn't saying anything. I believed I was called. I was ready in 1998 to take over the world. The Lord said, no, you're not ready until 2007. And that's barely. We're just going to let you start. And then when you start, you'll take seven years to get through the first stage of deliverance. Because whatever had God's for you is supposed to be an expected end. Listen to what the Lord says. I know the plans that I have for you. And if you follow my plan, when at the end, oh, this is going to shut everybody's mouth. 
So as, since it's at the end, uh, you might not get there in five years. Okay. And then, so not only does God want to share with you these things, he wants to give you the details. Hebrews 8, 5. They serve in a system of worship that is only a copy, a shadow of the real one in heaven. For when Moses was getting ready to build the tabernacle, God gave him this warning. Be sure that you make everything according to the pattern I have shown you on the mountain. Now, remember, one of the previous scriptures that we read is that God knows the plans that he has for you. So those plans are just like that tabernacle. Those plans are sitting on people that have been caught up to heaven. They've seen tables in the libraries. They said, not all you see is just blueprints for eternity. Blueprints, blueprints. God, or, think about it. I know the plan and I know the end, which means he knows the details to get you to that end. Okay? And with, with Moses, he, you have a hint here. He said, I want you to build something. He said, but what I want you to build, you have to be exact. Because in order for that thing to have power in it, it must be built exactly according to the blueprint on the table. So one of the reasons why you see so many ministries that are powerless is because they built a, diff a blueprint differently than the one by that's sitting on heaven. And, and this is very important. That's one of the things that I appreciate in the book. Bishop Bozzi said, don't, buy, don't look for a building based on pride. See, watch this. The buildings for Lionheart Church in the future that are on the tables of heaven are not based on impressing men. The buildings that God has ordained for us to walk in in the future are not for the purpose of looking good in the community. The buildings that God has for Lionheart Church in the future are based on housing what the Lord wants to be done. And he can do anything regardless of how illustrious or how terrible the building is. First Chronicles 28, 19. Every part of this plan, David told Solomon, was given to me in writing from the hand of the Lord. Every part. You see, this takes patience because the Lord is not in a rush like you are. Whether it be business, whether it be ministry, whether it be you getting married. He's not in a rush like you are. I tell ladies all the time, particularly I tell ladies this. You know, look, if, you, if you're a level two woman, okay, well, if you follow the Lord, he'll tell, he, won't, he won't send nobody away. You know why? Because he's trying to get you to level seven. Because if you're level two, you're going to attract a level two. So he tries to get you to level seven so that you enjoy being a level seven. And if you get to level seven, he might give you a nine or a ten. You know why? Because you worked your way towards Y'all looking all crazy and everything. I ain't thinking about y'all today. Just, never mind. Hey, let me say something. Uh, when it comes to these things, don't ever worry about being in the right place at the right time. Just worry about being where the Lord told you to be. Okay? That's all you need to be concerned about. You can, like I told this one girl, you can, be, you can be the only woman in a church of 500 men and you still ain't going to get asked out. Because <laughs> it's not about being around how many men or women that you're around. It's not about how many men or women that you're around. It's just not. You know, what's, you know what's deep? Is that most people that meet their spouse, a lot of times don't even meet them at church. Or sometimes you met them at church, but you joined and then they joined later or they were there first. And Like my wife, for example. She was a member of that church for three years and then I showed up. What do you say? 
thought she was down there making something crazy. crazy. I thought she was like, yes, never mind. Just. And then when I asked her out, three guys asked her out on the same day, and the Lord told her not to date. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was just two other guys and myself. And, and so the Lord had already instructed her, I want you to date nobody. Why? He was trying to get her built up. Okay, get her free and get her, you know. So I showed up, and then on that day, Matt, matter of fact, Randall, raise your hand. So Randall and his wife, who their mom, no members of her, they just moved here from Texas. Randall was the one who convinced me to talk to her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you might be able to raise an offer tonight, brother. They might be a prisoner. Yeah, because I was a nervous wreck back then. See how my wife is laughing now? Because she knows it's true. She'd tell, oh, yeah, he was beyond nervous. She, she like, Lord, trick me into marrying this boy because he was, he was terrible. I know you didn't say that. I'm just playing. Okay. So, but yeah, so the Lord told her not to date. And so, but she did have a vision of something that she wanted. And so later on, after she told me no, we were still outside having a group conversation. And she heard something come out of my mouth. And that thing that came out of my mouth was the major thing on her vision board. So she went back to the Lord and the Lord released her. And because I was the type of individual, this is for somebody, what's for you is for you. I was the type of individual that if you told me no, it was, it was just too many fine fish in the sea. I was just like, well, wonder there's a bunch of other fish in the sea. I'm not going to ask you again. I mean, I want to say it with attitude. It's just like, well, she told me no. Okay, I'll move on to somebody else. I mean, and so... Uh, uh, matter of fact, I had asked one other girl out. Services. I was watching this girl from behind me. That's where I met you, Lorana. And she was in the service. It's probably about a month before or something. You know, these people that talk, these men talk about, I can't find no wife. Man, I don't know what planet you live in. Okay. Brother's still talking about, we don't know how you got here because while y'all were praying, I was asking. That's why. Y'all coming up here being all deep. Would you like to have a Bible study? Anybody trying to go to no Bible study on no date? We went to see uh, Jurassic Park on our first date. It was Jurassic Park, right? Yeah. So um, let me get back to the story and get y'all up out of here. Can't even remember the part of the story I was telling now. What you say? Oh, yeah. So I asked her out. I was waiting for the service to be over. I was listening to the message, but thinking about her. Soon as that service was over, they had night service. I said, you like to, hey, you know, what's, you know, what's your name? She says, I said, you like to come back to the, go out to eat and come back to the night service? She said, no. I said, all right, all righty then. You have to say it like that. Yes. Nope. So I moved on to the other fish. She said, nope. Okay, so I, how I found out, lady, it, how can I put this? How, ladies, how many know there's a balance with this? If you, like a, if you like a guy, it is okay for you to maybe give him a hint that you like him. Because she told me no, so I'm not coming back. But I noticed that she kept smiling at me funny. It was that smile. And I'll never forget this. I still remember the little pink car that she was driving and the little blue dress she had on. She pulled right up next to me at the curb. Bye. <laughs> and I'm standing. And then she drove off. And I'm like, I think something has changed in the spirit. I might need to check with Yoda on a couple of things and see what's going on. And so did I ask you out again? Well, I know that. I'm talking about that. It's obvious we married now for 20-some years. I just can't remember what I did the second time. But either way, how many know it worked? Her spiritual eyes were open, and the deception and darkness left her mind. She came. Never mind. Let me go on before I get it. 
She would have dropped, kicked me out the pulpit. Now let me give you the other side. Okay, James 1, 5 through 8. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. Why? Because God wants to give you everything you need. You never, notice there's never any stipulations here. He will not rebuke you for asking. I'm still blown away at people who think that they don't have a right to ask God any question. But when, well, I know where that came from. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world. And they are unstable in everything that they do. Everything. You know, and just being comical, y'all, let me tell you something. Even though I'm very much cleaned up my behavior and speech in the pulpit, you, I still have to be careful because I say some off-the-cuff stuff. There was a guy. I'm a, I'm a, I, do I want to do that? Hold on, let me just think for a second. So we, I had an individual that, that visited um, Sunday. And so, but, but I ended up saying something in the service. And, I, you know, me being comical, wrong answer, Batman. You know what I mean, I do that. And I said, wrong answer, Robin. Little did I know that those were two signs that he needed to know that he was in the right spot. He told me after service, he said, when you said those two things, he said that was a confirmation for something for me. Okay. Bob Jones. Uh, now Bob Jones is crazy. Now, I don't suggest you do this one. But, but there was a Bob Jones. Uh, he stood up in the service and just hollered out, macaroni and cheese. <laughs> and, you know, the pastor was really upset at them. Why would you do something like that? He said, man, I'm just telling you, you know, they knew Bob Jones could be trusted like that. But macaroni and cheese, there was a lady at the service that her uh, son had died and and she wasn't sure about his salvation she just wasn't sure so she said Lord just please give me a sign just give me some type of sign and so when Bob Jones hollered out macaroni and cheese um, that was the answer to her prayer because her son worked at a macaroni and cheese factory see so it's you know the Lord will do weird things sometimes you have to judge things slowly and because, y'all know what I'm saying. I don't need to go down that route. So, you know, but I still need to clean up my speech. I know. Jeremiah 33.3. Ask me and I'll tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. That means that there are a lot of secrets concerning your life that God wants to tell you. And he won't tell you unless you keep on asking. Jeremiah, he wants to. This is the part where God wants you to know everything. He wants you to know the details of everything. And he wants you to know the unknown things. I like Jeremiah 33 in the Amplified. Call to me and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things. Fenced in and hidden, which you don't know of. You can't distinguish and recognize. You don't have knowledge of or understand. And the Lord said, I want to reveal all of these things to you. I love this statement that I wrote down. Wrote down God knows what you don't know, which is why you should ask him about the unknown. I'll read that again. God knows what you don't know. God knows what you don't know, which is why you should ask him about the unknown. That's why Jeremiah 33 says that. Call unto me and I'll show you the unknown. There are things about you right now that you don't know that God knows. And he wants to tell you about what you don't know. Okay. So we'll close but just by briefly mentioning these. These are the reasons why you now. We, so I just threw a few scriptures in there. By the time we get to this whole thing, you're going to be like, man, God has been speaking to us all the time. Okay, but these are just quick reasons why you cannot hear. First one is ignorance. 
in any of these outlets. Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed because they don't know me. Since you priests refuse to know me, I refuse to recognize you as my priest. Since you've forgotten the laws of your God, I will forget to bless your children. Don't need that one. <laughs> That's serious. Okay, Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. My thoughts are nothing like yours, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So let us you know. That it is the first thing is it is our ignorance of the Bible and all of the ways of God that cause us not to hear. He said that his thoughts and ways are higher and outside of your uh, imagination. He didn't say you couldn't learn them. This next one is sin. Isaiah 59, 1 through 2. The Bible always interprets itself. Listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you nor is his ear too deaf to hear your call. It's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. So individuals, if you are ignorant of the things of God, then you won't hear. And uh, if you are living a life of sin, we're not talking about you made a mistake. You know, you fell into something, came out, and we all do those different type of things in many different levels, you know. Um, my, my, for me, my definition of sin now is that I blatantly know the Lord told me to do something and I didn't do it. Okay. And so, um, um, because the more mature you are, the less grace there is for you to do crazy stuff. Okay. So living a life of sin causes the Lord to just turn away. What vomit is to you is what sin is to God. That is the reason why sin is compared to a dog that eats his own vomit. It's just that how many know somebody vomits you like, oh, I can't even deal with that. But that's how sin is with God. Oh, I can't even deal with that. He turns away, not because he wanted to, but he just can't deal with it. OK, next one is disobedience to word practice. This is another reason why you can't hear James 1, through 25. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. An individual that fools themselves becomes confused. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Rebellion is the next one. Now, this interesting, don't y'all don't, now, how many know women and men can be rebellion, rebellious, excuse me. But the Lord, for some reason, put emphasis on this one for the women. And the next one, he put emphasis for the men. Rebellion, 1 Samuel 15, 23. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft and stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Okay, so I don't need any rejection. If the Lord is rejecting you right now, because of your rebellion, how many of you know he's not talking to you right now? The only uh, thing he wants to hear from you is, I'm sorry, Lord, I was in rebellion. Now, for some reason, the Lord brought this up with wives, is that one of the ways, in a, uh, one way that a wife can cut off communication with God is her being a rebellious type of wife. I know that's a dirty word that says submit. We're not talking about some stupid stuff. But women who are rebellious, they, their husband asks them to do certain things and they just won't do it for whatever reason or excuse. Um, the Bible says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And the Bible says, oh, 
you should not suffer a witch to live. So we're not talking about you, but things will begin to die around you concerning your purpose and destiny because you're not, this, this is a blueprint for you all. It does not mean a woman is less. We know that, okay? Technically, uh, in many areas, a woman can outthink a man. She can think faster than a man. If you don't believe me, get into an argument with one. Okay? Can't even keep up. <laughs> she went off on him five times and cut him. He just standing there bleeding. Let me say something, ladies. Now, let me say, um, now I'll wait till I get to that. I want to add men part about ladies that you have to be careful about being mouthy um, because men can't keep up. Well, I'll add it now. Men can't keep up with that. I am in no way in any form or fasting, uh, fashion justifying abuse. Y'all know that. Y'all know how I'm at about abuse anyway. I, don't, I come out the spirit real fast. But sometimes what has happened is, is what a man's fists are to a woman is what a woman's mouth is to a man. Okay, so what happens is you get into it, and, and if you won't, if the man telling you, let me finish, and you just keep going, it's the equivalent of, this may sound strange, it's the equivalent of you taking your fingers and just scraping his soul with a knife. It's like, boom, boom, boom. Because typically, particularly in that arena, men are emotionally weaker than a woman. Okay? And so what happens is, what hap I'm not justifying, I'm explaining something. So what happens is you keep going, you keep going, you keep going, you keep going, you keep going. And then what happens is because he can't defend himself emotionally, he tries to defend himself physically. That's where that comes from. Sometimes. Now, there's some men that's just crazy. Okay, you know that. They're just prone to violence. Okay, because of how they grew up or whatever. But that's, that's why and sometimes that's what happens is that the woman won't stop with her mouth. Your words are more cutting than a fist, whether you're a man or a woman. Words cut. You can heal from a physical wound in most cases, but there are a lot of word wounds that you cannot heal from because you don't even know how to heal it in the first place. Okay? And that's what we mostly deal with with the, yeah, inner healing is because people who, they were damaged by words. Okay? So, so you have to be careful with that, okay, about, you know, being rebellious and, you know, ladies, you have to learn how to do what your husband asks you to do. Usually, in most cases, what a husband is asking his wife to do is something you should be doing even if your husband didn't ask you to do it. Let the imaginary church on the back wall say amen. amen. <laughs> Brothers, I mean, no, I better clean this up or I might not make it home tonight. Yeah. My wife says, I got your back, I got your back. No, Y'all, let me tell you something. The greatest honor is for you to live your life putting a smile on your spouse's face. It's the greatest honor. I know I'm not getting many many mans. We got cut today, but that's all right. Yeah, you got to come up, okay? I mean, it's, you know, I, look, there are times that not my, uh, my, look, never mind. The next one is uh, I'm trying to close because y'all trying to pull me in. Some of y'all trying to pull me in, and the other half is trying to push me out. <laughs> So I can feel it. Okay, the next one that God won't speak to you is abuse. This is the Lord told me to warn the men about this. We're not talking about physical abuse. He didn't even bring that up. Mental, your words. Okay, and, and then let me say this. There are some men that their presence makes the household scared. Um, now, we, now, now, there's a natural side, of, a natural side to that. Like my kids, if mama comes home, Oh, whatever, we're just going to do whatever. That's just how it is. Daddy come home, uh, let's see here. They know it's about to be our business. Well, that's just a natural fear that children are supposed to have with their parents. 
but but we're not ta we're talking about something where the, the, the everybody's walking on edge because they don't know when you're gonna blow your top. And here in the scripture it says, in the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives, not just treat them nice. Give honor. Anybody can give you a rose from Valentine's Day. Serial killers do that. <laughs> give honor to your wife. Now I know that. Now guess what? You need because the Bible. I'm not even supposed to be teaching on this. There, the Bible always show. I didn't even finish reading the scripture. I don't, even, I don't care. The Bible is always showing you the weakness of the man and the woman in scripture. It's always showing you the weakness. Okay. And so um, um, here, I'll just finish reading it. <laughs> it says, give honor unto your wives. Thank you. So I'm here and I'm back again. The Bible never says, dwell with your husbands according to knowledge. It doesn't say that. You know why it doesn't say that? Because men are simple. And they're simple-minded. They wear the same drawers every single day of a woman, unless there's a woman around. They just do stupid stuff. You know, it's just men that just cave men, to be totally honest with you. you know, and so, but men are simple. Generally, for most men, they only pretty much need one or two things. And depending on how young they are, if it's one thing is correct, they'll deal with all the other stuff. Y'all know what I'm saying. That one thing is right. Just take a drink of water here for a moment. Generally. Okay, if a man tells you, I don't know, he pretty much means I don't know. <laughs> if he tells you, I don't, I don't feel good, he pretty much really doesn't feel good. You know, I mean, it's, if, he, if you ask him, well, how was the game? It was good. And that's pretty much what he means. So, but in the Bible, it says for men to dwell with their wives according to knowledge. Why? You're going to have to have an education in this particular area. <laughs> Why? Because women are more intricate. It did not say what some people say. You can't understand women. Can't understand them because you don't want to understand them. Because the scripture says dwell with them according to knowledge. Now, it's still going to drive you crazy at times. So I understand, like, when I don't, I, let me tell you how I understand my wife. I understand that sometimes my wife will be emotional. And I won't understand why she's emotional, but I understand that women get emotional. I have five of them in my house, so I'm used to it. Okay, I mean, it's just a trip when all five of them are emotional. I'm just like, oh, what's... Son's over there hiding in the back room playing video games with a door like, man, we ain't ready for this dude right here. This right here is crazy, dude. Okay, okay. So, but so with, with that, as well, according to knowledge, you have to find out from each other what each other needs. Period. It's simple. Okay, ask the husband, what do you like and what do you need? I need these two things. Well, wife... Uh, well, what do you need? Well, I need these 11 things. <laughs> okay. And you got to find out because if you just say, well, I'm going to honor, you know, like my wife does not really, she's not really in the, she can't stand tulips. I the tulip is my favorite flower. She can't stand tulips. Now, why would you buy your wife tulips? Knowing she does not like tulips. And then you wonder why she's salty for the rest of the day. <laughs> Never mind. Y'all not ready for that. In the same way you husbands give honor to your wives, treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are. It's talking about that, that word, that phrase weaker means physically weaker. It does not mean mentally weaker. That's why in the King James it says her vessel is weaker. The vessel is what she lives in. That's why they don't allow women and men to compete in the same sports. Okay, but you can compete in the same level of um, careers. Okay. 
So as a, where am I at? She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. Right? So how a man treats his wife will determine how God treats him. In other words, she was my daughter before she was your wife. And he was my son before he was your husband. So treat that song, uh, treat him right. Yeah, no, never. No, no, no. It's a mix. Yeah, treat me right. Never mind. <laughs> Hope it's no first time visit. Like, I'm sure this man is not on some type of manic depressive medication or something. No, I just, hey, I'm just, I'm the same way up here as I am at home. I Jesus didn't put on no ears for nobody and didn't care if they'd had a problem with it. The last one is pride. Okay, so men, gentlemen, ladies, be careful how you treat your husband and submit to them. You know, do something nice for them, you know. Don't be looking crazy all the time. Y'all, you know, let me tell you something, y'all. It's very, very important. It's very and I'm not saying it'd be difficult, but the individual, you're supposed to be married to the same individual for the rest of your life and be attracted to them for the rest of your life. They should like what they're looking at. And then unfortunately in Christianity, it's this thing of, you know, love, 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 love. Now, love will keep you together, but likes will keep you together happy. Do what they like. Well, you should love me for who I am. God loves you, but he doesn't like you for who you are. <laughs> y'all notice I have not looked at y'all. I'm just looking at my imaginary <laughs> congregation on the back wall. See if they're saying amen. Y'all, okay, y'all. The first thing God asks you to do when you become a Christian is start changing for him. Think about that. First thing he starts asking you to do, start changing for me. Because I like this, and I like this, and I like this, and I like this. And watch this. And if you do what I like, you'll draw me closer to you. But if you don't do what I like, you'll cause me to back away from you. And for some reason, we think marriage is supposed to be any difference. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I feel the holy armament and protection of God coming upon me. In case I don't make it home tonight. That's, that was a serious word right there, which you don't hear in the church or in the world. I mean, as people say, you're not supposed to change. Stop. You're supposed to be the best person you can be. Single. Married, divorced, single with kids, businessman, pastor, teacher, janitor, secretary, stay-at-home mom, billionaire, astronaut. Be the best that you can be. And the truth be told, the person that you're married to is supposed to bring more of that out of you. There are some there are some men and women that don't want to be married, but because they, because and their main reason they don't want to be married is because they don't want to submit. They want nobody telling them what to do. And yet the Lord wants them to be married because that marriage is going to make you become less rebellious. There's something, ah, Jesus, there are some women you got to have a husband. Because of, particularly because of what the Lord, what you're called to do. I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to a lot of people now. But you, you have to have a husband because your calling requires you to have a husband. And without the husband, you'll never be able to operate fully in your calling. I'm one of those guys, I got to have a wife, period. You ain't going to never see me single. Period. 
I mean, no disrespect to my wife. I mean, my wife is gorgeous, and, and you know, God forbid nothing ever happened to her. But just pretending, something happened to her, man, I'd be right up in here another six weeks with another fine one. And I'm pretty sure she or her, it might be three weeks. Well, it was a good run, and I enjoyed myself, but it's time to, y'all, Oh, Jesus, y'all being all religious and everything, man. My wife is like, what are you talking about? I'm setting some so free. You think it's crazy because you're married to a good man. I'm talking to the ones that's married to somebody crazy. Don't let somebody else put a time limit on when you want to get married again. Somebody passed and, and your family members, you need to wait a year. Why? Why I got to wait a year? to make you comfortable. I'm not into making anybody comfortable except the people that's in my household and at my church. Y'all know what I'm saying. See, 825, I'm sorry. Some things got to be said, and y'all, y'all, my wife and I realize that more and more the responsibility of the stuff that we say over here is just saving folk. It's every, there's not a day that goes by. People are just reaching out to us, email, text, I mean, just, for social media, I mean, it's just crazy. Y'all like, they're like, y'all have no idea how y'all are saving our lives. Please. Last one is pride. First Peter five five. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. All of you, dress yourself in humility. In the spiritual realm, they can tell what level of humility you are on by the way you're dressed in the spirit. You look a particular way. Dress yourselves in humility as you relate to one another, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. If he's opposing you, he's not going to be telling you what to do. But if he's giving you grace, grace is for the purpose of giving you empowerment to move with speed. Okay? So God does not waste his time leading or speaking to people who don't receive correction. And this is the reason why many people can't hear his voice. Okay? So, you know, we got off a little bit there, but, you know, that's okay. Um, we're going to be walking through each one of these, you know, this week, and we'll kind of start jumping into each one because you will not be able to understand the dream part until you get to the other parts. All of those parts will prepare you, and it'll become easier for you to learn how to deal with dreams. Now, let me say something. You know, I said a lot of things tonight, particularly about relationships, and I got off a little bit, but, you know, I really, you know, felt the Holy Spirit leading me. And, and let me say something. I say things as a whole. And sometimes I could make, say something that might make you a little bit squirmish, but for somebody else, it set them free. Okay? But just judge yourself. Everybody in this room knows they can be a better person. All the men know that they can be a better husband or a better single man. All of the women know they can be better wives. We can be better parents. We can be better Christians. We can be better everything. Quit trying to pretend like you Jesus in a dress. You know you're crazy. You be sitting there, you, you go off, any of, your, any of you got in an argument with somebody and then you went in the bathroom and cried because you knew you were the one that was wrong? I don't know why I'm such a heathen, Jesus. I just, I mean, I was reading the Bible just a half an hour ago. You can be taken out the spirit at any time. I went from reading the Bible to killing a dog in five minutes. That scared me. That's, the only, that's one of the few things that I scared myself, how quick you can snap. You got to practice these things, so go ahead and stand. So, you know, as you know, this part was to me still a little refresher, at least for me, for some people it's new, but it's important because it's, the God is unlocking certain things in you because for all of us that think we can hear from God, you're not even 1%. But you, what the Lord is trying to do with us is get us back to the place where we are, where Adam was. 
where God came down and it was just face to face communication. It's the same thing he said about Moses. He told the people, he said, now, nah, I don't talk to y'all like I talk to Moses because of his meekness. The Bible says he was the meekest man in the entire world. And the Lord told him, I don't speak to him. I speak to y'all in dreams and visions, which shows you that even dreams and visions is lower. He said, with well, that man, I speak to him face to face like a friend. And that's yet the desire that God has for everyone is he wants to speak to all of us as sons and friends. And so, but we got to get into the right atmosphere, the right modes, got to learn how to hear his voice. You know, I'm just learning more and more every day. So let's lift our hands, give God thanks and praise. Father, we bless and magnify your holy and majestic name. Thank you, Lord God. Help us to be faithful. Help us to be committed. Help us, oh Lord God, to be a people that walk with you and talk with you so that we can provoke others to envy and they will want to know you, not us. So we thank you, O Lord God, for what you are doing. Thank you, O Lord God, for bringing us up out of the Maori clay. For tradition, O Lord God, has done a terrible and wonderful job on us. And so we pray and give you thanks, O Lord God, that you are opening up our hearts and opening up our intellect to be able to communicate with the one who has created everything. So we give you thanks and praise, O Lord. We bless and honor you. Thank you that during this series, O Lord God, this this school that you are putting us in this year, it'll all be for the purpose of being able to navigate through the darkness and have face-to-face -face communication with our Father who will prosper us, heal us, and send us around every trap of the enemy. So we bless and honor you and thank you for it now. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen, amen. Give God thanks for that. Father, we thank you. We bless and honor your holy name. Glory to God, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I just leave you with this one thing is that there's no limitation on your asking you all. There's no limitation on your asking. I know, I know an individual, that they, he said, Lord, I just, he said, I want to see what it looks like, planet Earth from outer space. And, uh, and the Lord gave him a dream. And in a dream, an angel took him into outer space. He said, he's flying around Pluto and even showing some things he wasn't even allowed to come back and tell. You know, see, we put limits on it, but God doesn't put a limit on it. He doesn't put a limit on it at all. The Lord shares something with me about the universe that I have been, been even saying. He said, you are absolutely correct. He said, it's just much more extreme than that. He said, you're absolutely correct that the universe is more like the basement. He told me that today. You know, he said like, so you know it's not the basement. But he said that, you know, the dimensions that are created that are way beyond what we can ever imagine. So, you know, these things you all give you great confidence in planet Earth when God talks to you this way. He'll reveal to you anything. You know what? What about my great-grandmother? Why did they deal with such, such, such? He'll reveal it to you. And it's weird. He'll do it, too. It comes out of left field. So, all right. Let me let y'all go. Thank you all for coming out tonight. I don't have any announcements.